the Unstoppable Blueprint Podcast with James Robert Elliott. Hey everybody, James Robert Elliott here. I am here with Luis Soto and today we're going to be talking about building a legacy that is worth striving for. Uh, Luis has got some really cool education, really cool background and we'll have him get into his story in a bit. I want to talk about something because what is building a legacy again that is worth striving for? How has that changed? How is that different during the pandemic? How is it different now that the pandemic is, is over or almost over? How has that changed? How is that different? So, so talk to us, talk to us a bit, Luis, about again, really building a legacy that's worth striving for. What does that mean? How do we do it? How is that different now? I think, you know, during the course of the pandemic, uh, a lot of people had a rude awakening about what was really important in life. And, and I think that um, a lot of the, the this belief system of I have to work a nine to five. Uh, no, I now want to fulfill my dreams. I want to, you know, become an entrepreneur. And, and now legacy has become uh, redefined, if you will, because now people are saying I'm now doing what makes me happy. And, you know, and I'm now, you know, fulfilling my passions. I mean, I've seen, I don't know about you, but I've seen a turnover of events with people that are like reinventing themselves. They're branding themselves. Like they're becoming very creative with, you know, how they are, you know, marketing themselves, their businesses. It's incredible. Right on. Maybe try turning the sound down a little bit if you can. Maybe the sound's a little louder. But, um, and, and I love this. I love this because I think you're right. Continuing to leave a legacy is, is very powerful. Um, but again, it, it's how do we do that now? You know, how is it different? How do we pump up employee morale? How do we mitigate risk, but also surge forward and move forward? Because I think a lot of the companies or businesses that lost out during the pandemic it really put their heads in the sand and said, Oh, we're going to wait for this to be over, you know, two weeks to flatten the curve. And then it was two months then it was two years. Um, to talk to us about, about this, because there's been a huge change, which is fascinating. It ties in with your background, but first tell me, tell me more about how, and I agree with you, there's been a huge change and, and awakening in, in belief system, uh, values, cultures, um, COVID, I mean, COVID has changed everything in business. And, and so, so talk to us about that because you and I had a great conversation a couple weeks ago about how the tables have literally turned 180 degrees. Yeah, well, within the safety culture, the policies, the safety procedures that, you know, uh, in the risk community we adhere to, a lot of the businesses, specifically the restaurants, the bakeries, they were subjected to, you know, uh, their, their business was compromised. And the risk role really became the hero to see, okay, now that we're not making enough collateral, how can we now save money by controlling these risks that we can now be, you know, be proactive versus reactive. Okay. So uh, that took a lot of, you know, thought and initiative and strategy to see how we can, you know, instill a culture of trust within the employees to let them know that we had their backs even during a time where we didn't know what this virus was, was capable of, but trying to now adopt new rules, new new ethics of how to handle a pandemic in the workplace. That, that was a huge cultural shift. It, it changed the industry forever. And so now, you know, those have mutated into other risks and in, in, in things that we've never really faced. Like now we have to worry about cross-contamination. What does that look like? 
checking everyone to see if you know their their tests positive or negative or institute you know uh, vaccination you know policies I and mean, there's been so many things that has really impacted our industry and you know, there's been uh, some challenges to really face those those challenges head on but at the same time really institute that belief and you know a culture of safety to our employees it's it's really turned the table so i think now more than ever legacy is 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 imperative to say okay now i'm the owner of this company i've you know uh i've hurt financially i need to need i need to stay loyal to my employees how can i really show them that i have their backs and i think through that risk uh, uh vessel of, of support the employer has become very creative to say okay this is how we're going to pay back retribution for your commitment to working with us and it's really, uh, you know, I've seen some very innovative ways of just my counterparts in the industry, uh, risk directors, uh, chief risk officers, people on the service side as well, who have uh, really seen the same and, 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 and they've adapted within their expertise to accommodate that, that cultural shift. And it's, it's interesting because I think you're right that things have, have turned on their head you know no longer are our employees begging for for vacations or willing to put up with you know short vacations or not a must vacation or limited vacation or or whatever working conditions that aren't aren't flexible um and it's really interesting to see especially after it was heading that way but especially after covid people want remote work they want flexibility they want more vacation people work hard they play hard and i, I agree with that um, I mean, if you're burning people out and people are fried, you're, you're not going to have your best out of, out of your employees and your teams anyway. So I think that's a great idea. But it, it's interesting how, what you're saying, a lot, is, a lot has changed and there's a lot more power now uh, in the hands of employees and, and, and you know, job seekers. A lot more power because people are no longer willing to work for just a, a grind house that, that grinds them through um, and, you know, extracts every bit of, a bit of uh effort or, or whatever out of out of employees people want a great place to work they want a great culture now um they want uh, an area that they can grow personally and professionally as well a, a non-toxic work environment leaders who are are open who are authentic who are real uh congruent with their message walk the talk versus the you know do as i say not as i do type of leader so it's really interesting how this is changing the dynamic for people coming on and what people uh, will no longer put up with in terms of a, a career or a job, but also giving leaders a really great chance for themselves to grow and, and to do better. And to your point, leave a legacy, whether it's a business leader, whether it's a business owner, to really leave a powerful legacy and make a big difference. I mean, we have, we're in a great, great time as well for people to make a big, a big change as well. Um, agreed. agreed. I can agree with you more. I mean, you you speak some things that uh, some items that you just discussed right now. It really resonates with me. You talk about you know the work from home culture. Yeah, that really impacted our world. You know, we now had to become risk managers and say how can we assess the risk that potentially the staff member is now going to be to you know to be victim of. Yeah. No, you know we're going to do two two. You know how are we going to monitor that? How are we going to mitigate that? How can we really build a proactive policies to protect our risk in that level? And then there's also been that, you know, uh, culture of, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to work a nine to five. If I'm going to work, it's going to be under my terms. And there's just been this, um, this 
I don't even know what to call it, a tsunami of things that happen when you go through a pandemic. You're like, I now want to exchange my my success and all that I thought was to blissful happiness and fulfillment and, you know, purpose. And so I'm like, I'm seeing that across the board. So I think now more than ever, we, uh, as the, the perspective of the employer, we've had to now become very, you know, uh, forthright with our employees by really feeding them with, you know, respect when they sustain injuries and, if, and you know, if they fully recover, really, in, in, you know, in, uh, in trust in them that you have their backs and that they could work from home and you could accommodate all their needs. That really has changed a great deal. And you know what? A lot of the employers now are realizing that if you do it right, you're going to get mm-hmm. your investment because in exchange for giving that person that flexibility, and then, of course, you're going to get the best end result when it comes to work product. I agree. I agree. A great investment to invest. It's, it's the number one investment to invest in people and giving people the new currency, I think, is recognition and flexibility, maybe a bit extra vacation, autonomy. And it, it costs the company nothing, but the benefit is, is huge, huge, huge versus, yes, only you know, paying more and more in higher raises so people will stay and put up with a job or, or be in a job they don't love or they don't like. But because it pays the bills or, or you're, you're throwing more money at them, which is extremely expensive to do, you know, recognition, leadership, growth, personal growth, uh, you know, culture, culture is huge. Respect, like I said, recognition, respect is a huge, great way to reward people. A flexibility, it's interesting. Um, again, I, I was, I'm an entrepreneur and a lot of my people, a lot of my teams are remote, uh, other countries, some across the globe, some uh, different areas, U.S. and Canada. And, and I think uh, a great leader now needs to realize that we need to give our teams some autonomy um, so that we don't look like we're breathing down their neck and we're not micromanaging. However, also, yes, it doesn't mean abdicating and not staying in touch. Maybe it's frequent kickoffs. Or, or frequent roundtables or circles or, or just a, a quick you know, power call once or twice a week with each employee or, or teams to check in and, and stay in touch. So not, not abdicating responsibility or because or, or, everyone's like, how do I manage these remote teams, James? And it's, well, stay in touch, but also avoid micromanaging. Ask how you can support. Ask what they need, what's working, what's not working today. How can you support you? How can I help you grow? Where do you need my help? And, and, and as a leader, that's a great question. Frequently, frequently ask and, and check in with people without micromanaging, without the tendency that the, they need to micromanage because you can't see them per se every single day. You can't see them sitting in a desk or office without micromanaging or worrying they're not doing anything. Trust with employees. Yes, trust sometimes can be earned or give some trust and let them earn more. But avoid, avoid having zero trust. You're just going to piss people off and, and lose people by being a, a micromanager or a, you know, uh, like a, <laughs> I don't know what the word is, but just someone that just, no, no. Yeah, no, goes on top of them, you know? Yeah, no, no, I completely agree. Um, you know, entrepreneurship also has really taken um, a few progressive steps. I've mm-hmm. never seen so many people start their own businesses. Uh, have you seen the same? No, I, I agree. It's it's like that growth, the great resignation. Whether people are are gone and starting their own business, or 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 at least starting a side hustle at work. Yeah, you're right. It, it, businesses are, are, and it's a wonderful thing. People starting all these cool businesses. But to your point, and I want to hear your thoughts on this too, please. I think leaders need to be cognizant that that again, people are not willing to to put up with some of the things they put up with 
uh, before and they want the autonomy, the flexibility, um, the, the passion of doing what they love. And I think finding ways to create that in, in corporate culture and, and just creating a great culture in general is a way to stem the tide of people leaving because they're not happy, they're not fulfilled, not satisfied. It's a lot less to do with money as it is, I think, I love your thoughts, to do with recognition, uh, reward, praise, benefits. Um, again, it could be extra days off or, or half days on Fridays or letting people, if they need to leave on a, on a Wednesday because they need to see their kids or go to their kids' baseball game, that's saying, that's cool. You work late on Tuesday or work extra hours Wednesday, thir- an extra hour to Wednesday or Thursday and, and being flexible with folks versus the, the rigidity that does not work. And again, that's why people want to get the heck out of there and, and work for someone else. It's not all about paying them more money. It's not all about the almighty buck. People will take more money in order to put up with things like that. But that, that's not what they're looking for. It's, it's the fulfillment. It's the love and enjoyment of what they do. And that's why I think we're seeing a great resignation. What, what's your opinion? What, what are you seeing with the whole great resignation and, and you know, people wanting balance and, and value, respected one in life? To, to you, you said earlier, people have discovered that more important things than money, they want life. Tell us more about that as well. Well, I mean, I, as it you know, relates to just the world that I'm in, in, in the risk industry, I mean, they're, they're, they're from a, from a cultural, how, how do we really evoke this, 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 we got you, we, we want, we want to retain our employees, we want to show appreciation. Uh, there's so many people that I've met personally that they've, you know, CFOs, presidents of their own companies, where they've become very strategic um, with the handling of their employees, the earning of the trust of their employees, being very um, respectful, but then doing things with ethics and really adhering to their like principal values that they show their business when they say to their employees that they recruit, this is who we are. They're really standing firm to that. They're really trying to be very um, transparent and, and relatable. And then, you know, I've seen a lot of people do very different things, you know, People work from home now most of the time. I haven't really seen a, ch- a change of people coming back. And if I see and ho- or have heard that, there is a level of entitlement that the employee says, well, then I'll go get another job. So, you know, that sometimes doesn't work. And especially when you're trying to retain good talent and you're, you're competing now where, you know, um, it, it's, it's a buyer's market for the employee right now. You know, figuratively speaking, it is you know the employee now has a say, and has uh, this this right now, this conviction to say I'm I'm not going to budge, I'm not going to compromise anymore. So I think um, with all the employers that that I have seen do uh, all the things that you've just suggested, you know, they they try to do events, they try to really uh, celebrate leadership, they try to recognize they're being very generous with their bonus programs, adding more benefit uh, features to their benefit plan. Um, uh, Again, everything that was provided at one point pre-COVID when people thought, okay, you know, I could do that, but not. Now people are taking it seriously because mm-hmm. there's now a loss of, of, of employees quitting all the time. I read this uh, article the other day where the, 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 they were saying how just the unemployment and entrepreneurship has you know, been the shift now and people are going, they're going rogue. They're going rogue. They're just like, I'm not going to um, withstand any more 
working for someone and making someone else money when I could do it myself. Um, and so I think uh, from an employment perspective, the recruiter, the, 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 the president, the executive team have become very, very creative with ret retaining that because they know now, you know, that's what they're dealing with. And the company. Yeah. Exactly. If they've shifted, a lot of companies have shifted, a lot haven't, and you're right, if they've shifted. And it's interesting, you being a risk guy too, because a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of companies before COVID said, well, no remote because it's too risky and this and that, or they want people coming back now because they think there, there's more risk. And, and sure, there is a bit more risk having people work from home in, in a whole myriad of ways, but also the, the risk the real risk is that without flexibility, autonomy, without uh, honoring flexibility and, and really what people want and desire, uh, the risk is that they're going to leave and it's going to cost you a fortune to train new people, find new people, if they're even as good as some of the great people, great talent you have now. So, so tell, tell us, talk to us for a second, then I want to get into your story as well and how you got into this. Just about, about risk. Again, we need to balance risk in life. For sure, no risk, no reward. But obviously, you don't want to leave yourself completely exposed. And I think this this culture of minimizing risk, whether it's well, whatever, cyber cybersecurity, cyber you know tech. Um, I just saw IBM had an ad for zero trust security, basically trusting no one. Which I, I'm not you know sure how much that's gonna leave a, a positive taste in in people's mouths. <laughs> However, that being said, you know things are inherently risky. Life is risky. Um, business taking action, success can be risky along the way. Maybe what are some things people can do and leaders, companies can do to to minimize risks of people working abroad, working remotely, working from home, or if they're working remotely, then why can't they work from I don't know Costa Rica or Spain? I mean, instead of being down the road remote, why can't they be across the world remote? Again, provided they're doing their work. What are some of these risks people are worried about? Because I think the risk also is losing great people, which is prohibitively costly uh, but what are some talk to us about risk because again this is something you you do of course i'd love to hear your thoughts on this new world yeah no i think like i said you know we have become uh the the, the big supporter when we are having roundtable discussions with the executive team the president the cfo everybody knowing the the where we are at in terms of revenue right and so you know the risk role really plays an imperative role to see how we can meet all those um, initiatives so that we can be in alignment with the company. And a lot of it that we do is contingent on how, you know, how we're going to save premiums, right? How are we going to save, um, you know, our workers comp by what, you know, how, how do we save money? How do we stop litigation if we start seeing that there is a lot of litigation? How can we really mitigate through those risks without really they subjecting ourselves to filing bankruptcy, right? So the, the risk world has had to be very innovative with how can we save money with little money to, to really invest in because we don't have that collateral anymore, right? So the cultivating of partnerships with our external partners on the managed care side, on the risk side, all lines of insurance, guest liability, workers' compensation, all of those have become a a risk, a threat to the company now more than ever, especially now that we have the pandemic. And now we have, you know, we could say that there's an employee that said, okay, I have COVID, I, I came to work and I gave it to somebody else. And the exposure effort of what that, you know, how we react to that, how do we do that? How do we protect the brand and the process? Again, how do we preserve the trust with our employees that we're doing the right thing? 
Sure. So a lot of what we do have, has become a very instrumental in the success of the company at the end of the day. And we can go on and on about speaking about culture, but I think uh, you know what, one of the most important things that has impacted our world is how do we now create a concierge experience for the employee that sustains a legitimate injury? And how do we really entrust uh, that we got you, we're hospitable, we're, we have your back from the beginning to end, and that the claim process, which can become cumbersome, and it was compromised during COVID, you know, it was a, lot, a backlash of things that didn't happen on time, and it, it delayed a lot of the things, you know, all these court appearances, employers couldn't, you know, close out or settle any claims that were, you know, long-winded or, you know, exceeded their shelf life. Mm -hmm. It really messed up people's X mods. It really messed up a lot of these, you know, projection data analysis that we anticipate. This is how we can really save our risk. Everything was stalled. So we had to get even more creative. And then it really went back to basics to say, okay, um, if the employee sustains an injury, let's learn from it. How can we build an initiative to be proactive so that we can really focus on the injury prevention piece? And how can we really now build in practical uh, policies that are, you know, really uh, all about um, uh, behavioral uh, awareness, what your job really entails. Let's see that you can't lift, you know, you can't lift this 50 pounder, you know, it's, you know, you can only lift 25 pounds and then really have some restrictions and, and, and be kind of diligent with the employees to say, listen, we really reward your behavior at work and we're going to really reward you by, I don't know, doing a Vallarta, you know, a gift card to all the employees or whatever the case is and really can be rewarding that uh, effort but then you also have to have a certain piece where uh, you know building policies that are you know accountable policies to your employees that's okay we're going to reward you accordingly but if you if you fall short in this area these are the ramifications that come yeah. from you and let's learn from those and um, and, and, and then deliver a message of we want your safety. We don't want you to sustain injuries. We don't want you to you know, put yourself through a financial situation that, that really may impact your life. So again, it, it's all about, um, you know, goes back to the employee, letting them know that, you know, we are there for them. Also, I think what's very important to, to say is that the employer not only has become very strategic with, okay, how, do, how can we really entrust this, this philosophy of, of unconditional love to, the, to our employees, but now they're taking it even a step further by really hearing the voice of diversity. And people are bringing in more different talents. I've seen so many people from different backgrounds, different yeah. cultures, different parts of the world. I mean, I'm like, as a minority Latino, you know, I look, I look at the side, I'm like, wow, you know? So I think for me, um, you know, I, I celebrate that. And I'm seeing a, a lot of that as well. Yeah, have you seen the same? Uh, yes, yeah, agreed. I think I think it's right. It's it's people, and it, it, it's, it's a general theme, I think. People no longer to be uh, thought like a number or a figure, they want to be people there. I mean, even though how the leaders I interview these days for my new book, uh, it's, it's they're saying we need humanity back in the workplace. We need empathy back. We need people treating people like people. And, and I think that's been forgotten that that's one of the best ways to maximize performance on your team is to is to delight your employees. Yes, boundaries, like you like you said, keep things in check, but also 
have a huge upside for people working there. Uh, and that's not a cost. That That's uh, an accelerator, I would say, to have people perform better, stick around during hard times, stick around for offers of higher pay from recruiters or, or extend the time to people leaving, doing their own thing. I mean, a lot of times these days that people, they're good at something and they don't like the employer, they're out of there and they start their own thing. And, and that, that's a, a lose for the, for the, for the employer. Um, so it's interesting that you're right. People wanting to, to celebrate life, who they are, people during COVID, they were off or, or, or at or home discovering things that they, they hadn't done in years or discovering that, wow, life is worth living. Life is too short. And yeah. so it's a good lesson to live and to learn, excuse me, uh, for all of us, leaders and employees, entrepreneurs, business leaders, business owners, execs to people to, to learn. Now, tell us, give us like a quick, uh, quick two minutes on you, your story, your why, how you got into this, because it's very interesting as well. Uh, you know, 15 years ago, I was lucky enough to work for an international uh, restaurant chain called the Cheesecake Factory. Uh, it was my institution where I really learned a great deal. Um, I'm forever indebted to those people because it really gave me the opportunity to understand how to handle risk on a national level and how to be an expert in the discipline of restaurants and hospitality. Um, and then through uh, those ventures, you know, um, COVID came and, you know, those those were the moments of time where people had epiphanies about what what do you, what else do you want to do? So uh, I started, uh, you know, moving on in my next chapter of my career and decided to be the CEO of my own company called the Masterclass Elite Group. And it's a digital marketing platform ultimately that I've built that, you know, the, the heartbeat of it is really celebrating legacy and risk innovation. And we're doing it through the aid of digital uh, uh, marketing and we're doing all these digital exclusives, all these digital masterpieces that we've really generated for almost two years. We have uh, created a tremendous following with comprised of people, you know, risk officers, the best of the best risk managers, every business partnership that you can think of on a national level uh, from insurance carriers, brokers following me. And I think that I have a, a, a niche in that I'm really offering something uh, that is different. It's eclectic, it's a very artistic. Uh, it, it's kind of very, what, what, what are you trying to do here? Especially in the space of insurance when you don't really see that. But I think because it's been so different, I've gained uh, the momentum of the followers that I've gotten so far. Very cool. Very cool. I love it. I love it. Amazing. Well, well how, how can people reach you? I popped it up here on the screen. But what's the best way to people reach you and, and, you know, who do you love to serve? Well, I'm at this point I'm, I'm doing, you know, trying to do my, my thing and really fulfilling this, this masterclass league group platform. So everything is good. My number, my email, everything I've provided to you, they could reach out. They could also check my YouTube page my Insta, my Facebook, you know, my, uh, I have my website as well as the LinkedIn profile. And I encourage everyone to check it out. Yes, yes. Very true. Very go. Check him out. Luis Soto. Um, leave us with one last, one last thought on who is your favorite, who is your dream customer? Who would be a dream customer or a dream client for you? A dream client for me would be someone in the industry that has created a legacy, um, in, in such a way where people speak of that person's heart, what they did, what really they learned from, I think those are the people that I like to really talk to. I think that people that really believe in legacy, that practice it with, with honor, yeah. with grace, yeah. and are, are, are true to that, I think I have more respect for that than anything else.
Right. Well, there's, and I agree, there's a lot to be said about uh, authentic leaders, uh, empathetic leaders, leaders who are real and again, walk the talk as well. Because the best, uh, the best way I feel to get someone to do something is to do it yourself. You know, I can't remember, I don't know, it wasn't, I don't know it was GE, but it was one of them, like a huge company years ago. And, uh, I, you know, the man, the, the owner, rather, the CEO, uh, was like, well, we're a world-class company. We're, we're trying to be a world-class company, but the office is a mess. There's this clutter and stuff everywhere, papers on the floor. So every day he would walk around picking up garbage just to get the CEO or walk around every day, picking up the trash can, picking up, you know, clutter and garbage and stuff, tidying <laughs> stuff up. And people saw him doing this day after day. And so they they got the 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 message, but also the inspiration. Wow, we should we should keep this place cleaner and have a world class organization in this way as well. So it's a really interesting uh, follow the leader and uh, you know walk the talk, do as you want people to do versus that's not everyone. That's not what everyone's doing. And then I think you know to kind of echo what you're saying and really fulfilling the 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 the, the moral of what I said is. Well, ultimately, I think what's important right now is is the this uh, wanting to really serve excellence, trying to really excel. To, I've seen a lot of people say, "Okay, I'm going to give more of myself. I'm going to do everything I can." And I think that with what we do in particular with risk, there's 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 been um, uh, innovation beyond belief. I've I've had so much respect for just the innovation that I'm seeing, and I think with uh, this platform, that's who I want to celebrate is the innovators out there, the people that have had uh, something that is different, that that have pretty much taken a risk and really have revealed their courage by way of the choices that they've made in their businesses. And again, what people are saying about that person. I, I, that for, for me is more important um, and people that have done things on a national international level because that's kind of where I engage a, a, a grander audience in terms of what we want to do with this platform and, and the, the way that we want to do it is really educate all of our risk community whether it's on a national level or on an international level that's the goal. Very cool. Very cool. Amazing brother amazing pleasure having you on my show I'm glad we really get some value you got it and it's it's uh no risk without any reward. Uh, manage risk, but also uh, avoid avoiding it. Uh, because yeah. avoid advocating it, avoid resisting and, and and not addressing it all because it's a part of business, right? And it's uh, flexible risk and flexible, right? So, yeah. uh, pleasure, Luis. Thanks for All thanks right. for being here. Same here, man. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Take care. Bye bye. Thanks everyone for joining us. Appreciate it. Have yourselves a powerful day. Mm-hmm.